in all of Tanakh, with the exception of six places, the word Yerushalayim is spelled without the Yud at the end. So it's spelled Yud, Reish, Vav, Shin, Lamed, Mem, like Yerushalayim. And it's a very strange Nakuda. It's a Nakuda that you won't see anywhere else. There's a Chirik in between the Lamed and the Endemem, because you're meant to pronounce it Yerushalayim. But the Yud is missing. And there's only six exceptions. In the whole of Tanakh, that's the way it's written, Yerushalayim. And the only exception, one of the only exceptions is here in the Megillah. Over there it says Yerushalayim with the Yud. That's an interesting thing. What's the significance of that? Chacham Seifer and Teres Meisha, he writes a very fascinating thing. He, he quotes this from a medrash, Yalkut, Yalkut HaChadosh. He says, when we're saying, Kedusha, Ayim Ekaim Kavaydai, where is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's honor? Where is, his, where, 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 where is the pride of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? <clears throat> he said, the word Aye stands for three letters, Aleph, Yud, and He. And those are three letters that are missing because we're in Galus, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu's covet is diminished. One, the Aleph, is the Aleph of Kisei, like we are going to learn tomorrow in Parshas B'Shalach, uh, the Parsha of Yav HaMalek, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Ki Yad Al-Kes Ka, Chaf Samoch, it's missing an Aleph, it should say Yad Al-Kisei Ka. So Rashi says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu swore that ain't Kisei Shalom, my Kisei HaKavit is not whole, and my name is not Shalom, it says Ka, Nayuke Vavke, as long as Amalek exists. So the Aleph is missing from Kisei, so that's the Aleph of Ayeh. The Yud, he says, is the Yud of Yerushalayim. As long as we're in Gaulus, Yerushalayim is diminished, and it's missing that Yud. That's the end of Yerushalayim. So therefore, that's the Yud of Ayeh. The He, and this is the most interesting one, he says the He is the He of Esther's name. Because Esther's name, if you look at the Gemara, really was Istahar. Aleph, Samach, Tav, He, Resh. And it's written in the Megillah without that He, throughout the whole Megillah. That hay is the hay of Ayeh. And it also represents something that's diminished about HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Galus. That's when we say, Ayeh Mikhaim Kavaydeh. That's what we're referring to. Aleph of Kisei, Yud of Yerushalayim, and the hay of Esther of Istar. So this is, uh, Chassam Seifer himself doesn't elaborate that much. And it's very puzzling, obviously, right? So first of all, if the Yud of Yerushalayim is missing, why in all places in the Megillah will be a place where it will be written Malay? I mean, this is the place where Yerushalayim specifically is being referred to in terms of Galus. So this would be the, you would think, the, one of the places where specifically it should be said without a Yud. And in addition, we can understand how the missing Aleph and the missing Yud represent the lack of Koichemayim, the Aleph of Kisei, the Yud of Yerushalayim, but what is the He of Esther's name? And we didn't even know that Esther's name was supposed to have a He. It's not like it says it anywhere in Tanakh with a He. So he's being mechadish to us that it's supposed to have a He, and how does that He represent any kind of lack of Koichemayim? And lastly, what is the connection of these three things? The Aleph of Kisei and the Yud of Yerushalayim and the He of Esther, what all things have to do with each other? So I don't know if we're going to have enough time to get to everything. But we'll start now, maybe we'll end tomorrow night by the, the Purim comes it. The second half of it is a little bit more Purim thing anyway. The, <clears throat> so the Shem Shmuel says as follows, this is a fascinating thing. He says that Amalek possesses two evil characteristics, which Rashi actually expl- explains very clearly in the parish we're going to lay tomorrow, we have Amalek. Amalek represents two things, and one, one of them is how he counteracts Kisei Shalom, and how, well, other is how he counteracts Shmai Shalom. Amalek denies... HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world, and that's why he 
constantly employs Kishuf. Rashi mentions that's one of the reasons why you have to kill out all the animals of Amalek, because they, through Kishuf, through magic, they would transform themselves into the shape of an animal and give themselves the illusion of an animal. So they were... They were constantly practicing witchcraft, which the Gemara says is makchish pamal because witchcraft supports the denial of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It seems like there's other powers at force at work in the world other than a Kaddish Baruch Hu. The performing of witch of witchcraft in definition is a form of denial of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and in an essence, the Amalekim are kaifrim. They don't believe in a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and they don't accept his existence. In addition. Amalek has another characteristic, again, made clear in Rashi, that they are mechutzafim, they are azepanim. The whole world was trembling from Klal Yisrael after Kriyas Yamsuf, after Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and the Amal- Amalekim jumped in and waged war against Klal Yisrael when everybody else was keeping their distance because they just they shirked any kind of humility, any kind of subservience, any kind of oil, any kind of yoke. They acted with chutzpah, Rashi brings an example of a Ben Blial, someone who doesn't care and he jumps into a, a hot bath, it's hot, even though he burns himself, he doesn't care. So it's a midah of chutzpah. And the Shem Ishmael says that the two leaders that we were given in the time of Megillah, Mordechai and Esther, were given with the potential to counteract each one of these evil characteristics of Amalek. Mordechai was given the power to counteract Ein Shmoy Shalom, to counteract the denial of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and Esther was given the ability to counteract the chutzpah of Amalek, the, 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 the lack of humility, the lack of subservience. He explains... <clears throat> That, that he, he doesn't explain this so much at length, that the Gra also explains this, other Swarm explain this some more, that Mordechai, the Remes from Mordechai in the Torah, the Gemara says is Mardurar. Mordechai is compared to the Ketairas. And the Gra explains that this refers to his power of tefillah, his power to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and his, the, the, the Shem Ishmael says the Ketairas in Api Kabbalah is something which spreads the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu throughout the world. So he, they explained that Mordechai's kayach through tefillah was the epitome of someone who recognizes HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because that is what tefillah is. Tefillah is the power of recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of understanding that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who runs the world, he's the one who created the world, giving gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for all that he gives us. So Mordechai represented the Klai Yisrael and strengthened that ability to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shalom. He brought to, to the fore the Shem Shalom of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he counteracted that kayach of Amalek to be makchish, to deny the existence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. He said, Esther, Esther represents the essence of what humility is. Esther, Esther was totally nichna. She totally subjug, subjugated herself to Mordechai, to Das Taira, to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, to, to, to what Ritzayin Shemayim was. She's the epitome of, of Hachna. And he says that is why her name is Esther, Estahar, which Rashi says in Mesafes Megillah, Estahar is, means Levana, it means the moon. The moon has nothing of itself. The moon is only light when it reflects the light of the sun. The, loon, the moon, by definition, when it faces the sun, is when it reflects light. When it faces away from the sun, is when it's dark. The Esther represented the moon in such that she only reflected the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. She had no will of her own. She was totally subservient and nichnat to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in it of that was where she, that's where she shone. This is a fascinating thing. I never thought about this. But he says that, according to one of the Pshatim in the Gemara, Esther was Yurak Rikis. She, was, she wasn't pretty, but it was chut shal chesed She had a beauty that transcended physical beauty, and somehow that managed to fool everybody. 
and to thinking she's beautiful. So he says that the, the side of this is this Nakuda. He says Esther's beauty wasn't physical, wasn't internal. Her beauty was, she was reflecting Hashem's beauty. As for herself, she was Yerak Rikas. She was not beautiful, but she was Chut Shal Chesed, When she reflected, what she reflected from HaKadosh Baruch Hu made her appear beautiful. It's a beautiful pshat. <coughs> and in that way, he says, Esther was the one who stood against, um, stood against the power of Amalek to challenge the Hashgochas Hashem. Amalek, in their power of chutzpah, refused to be subservient to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu rules the world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu directs the world and gives it, determines what should happen and what shouldn't happen, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu rules. That's Hashem Hitakom. Amalek recognized that. Everybody else was trembling in fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and yet they jumped in. They just refused to, 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 to submit. And that's where Esther's power was the power that overcame that with her total hachna, and with, through her, she brought the Klal Yisrael to a point of total hachna, where they were mekabal the Torah me'ava, whereas in it, before that they had to be mekabal at Meira, and then they, they mekabal from their own ruts, and she, he, she brought Klal Yisrael to a whole new level of Kabbalah's al-Malchus Shemayim. And that's what Esther achieved, and that was the Midah of Istahar. Now the Sefer Ayyav uh, Yisrael, the Apter Rebbe, he says uh, truly an amazing point. He says that, he says, right now the way it works is that this, the constellations, the stars, the whole power of Teva, of, of the natural world that's ingrained within the world and within the constellations, something that Haman banked so strongly upon, they do as they're programmed to do. Because they program and they follow their program. The Teva, the teva follows the Teva. He said, the Kalal Yisrael is going to control the Kachav Mamazalas. Chayashol will have full control of the Teva. The Teva will do exactly how we, we, we command it to do. Chayashol will be in full control. And he says, he says like this, he says, Everything will be in the hands of Knesset Yisrael. Because we will have a Bechina of Eishas Chayel, which means, in other words, we're the, so to speak, the Mechablam from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but yet a Teres Bala. A woman could be the crown of her husband. Um, Baruch will make Klal Yisrael into his keser, which means he will enable us to, so to speak, rule over him, and he'll give us the ability to rule over The concept exists now as well, and the Gemara says famously, So certain tzaddikim have achieved that level even in but when Kash Mashiach comes, everybody will have that ability. But he explains. He says... That all the world's alamas and tachtonim will be misnag through us. But this will only be It's only because we will be fully subservient to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We will have a full fledged kabbalas all malchus shemayim. Yikabel all malchus shemayim ba'av rabba. We won't do anything only if it's what Hashem wants. Then and if it's not, we'll refrain. So when we truly subjugate ourselves, when we truly ourselves to when we have a true Kabbalah, then in the time of Mashiach, when we achieve that, what will happen is, is that the whole world will be placed under our dominion. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu will, so to speak, put us above him. And whereas HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the past gave instructions to the Teva, we will be the ones who will be giving instructions to the Teva. <coughs> now this concept is hinted in the Megillah as well. Because this is the level that Esther and Mordechai achieved in the time of Purim. 
This is also Shem Shmuel. This is a, a beautiful var. I heard it from um, from uh, Melch Biderman, and this is just the same point. He says that he has a very good question. It's actually a very good kasha. The kasha is is that when Zeresh tells Haman to hang Mordechai, so it's make an tomorrow morning tell the king to hang Mordechai on. He says, tell the king. You don't tell the king things. Look at the way Esther talked. Bakashasi, Shehelasi, you beg and you entreat and you, you ask. Maybe the king will listen to me. And he says, that's exactly what Haman did. Haman came the next day. He was ready to command the king what to do. This is what's going on here. You don't command kings. So he says that the Gemara says, uh, when Haman, when he put Haman above all the 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 noblemen that were with him, the Gemara says that he put Haman even above his own personal throne, which means he empowered Haman to do to have more strength, more power than him. He could represent Achashverosh without Achashverosh even agreeing, so to speak. He truly had the ability of Amor Lamalach to tell Achashverosh to do, and Achashverosh had given him that power that he, he can do that. He can command him what to do. And the Shemesh Mol says that Amporim, after there was a Benahafachu, that power was given to Kal Yisrael as well. We have that power of Amor Lamalach. Amporim, we can tell Akadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, what to do. And he says there's one tonight, there's one condition. You have to say it with the same kind of conviction. That Haman said it. <laughs> you have to want it the same way Haman wanted to hang Mordechai. Well, if you ask Akash Baruch Hu with that kind of conviction, then Akash, you have the ability to tell Akash Baruch Hu what to do. And this fits very well. This is the same the concept that we're explaining over here, which is that through true Kabbalah Salmach Shemayim, we reach a level of Tzadik Gezer HaKadosh Baruch Hu which was the level that Esther represented. Through his star, through truly representing and reflecting the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, total his batlus, which was the level we reached on Purim, through Kimu Vakiblurum, a Kabul the Tara Meavu, a Kabul the Tara Mirotzen, with that true kind of Hachnat, Akadish Borhu, the whole Teva is then put into our hands. Akadish Borhu makes us Eshes Chayas at Achayel Teres Bala. True, we're the wife of Akadish Borhu, but he puts us above him, and we can command, and he will listen, and he will follow our directions. That's the power that's inherent in Purim. So this explains. Partially, for the question, we don't have time to answer the other questions. Like I said, maybe tomorrow we'll get to the rest. But this is the partial answer. It answers what is the significance of the hay missing from Esther. The significance is, is that we have not yet achieved the full hachna that Esther achieved. Esther, with her full name, Astahar, represented the full beauty of the Levana, the full beauty of how it reflects the light of the sun. And there's nothing missing. Kaisral by Elam Hazel, is there something missing? We're like... Uh, like we say in the Bracha Levana, we hope to see We hope to be mischadish like the Levana. We haven't reached that yet. So the hay of our Kabbalah Salam Al is missing. The Aleph of Kisei, which represents Hakadosh Baruch Hu's Hashgachar, Hakadosh Baruch Hu's dominion in this world, is missing as long as Amalek hasn't yet been conquered, and how long as we haven't achieved a full Kabbalah Salam Al So we've explained why Aye represents the Aleph Kisei and the hay of a star, as Hashem will get to what the what's in the Yud is missing and why the Yud is here in the Megillah. Mm-hmm.